You are listening to The Beckett Cook Show with your host, Beckett Cook. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. To help support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the Beckett Cook Show. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star rating. Are we live? We're live. Wow. There we are. Hey, guys. Josh, can you hear me? Yeah. Is it working on your computer? Your interwebs? Okay. Let me just adjust this thing here. Josh, how's it going? It's good. Any updates, any news? Is there any like housekeeping things that we need to? In the month of June, uh, June is Gay Pride Month. And um, I'd like to spend the whole month basically each week either interviewing someone who's been saved. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Josh is laughing at me right now. I have no idea why. But either uh, interview someone who's been saved out of that life or um, just address different aspects of the of the movement. Um, who was it? Oh, it was Bill Maher, I think. I saw some clip that he said that LG, like the gay pride parade doesn't even include gays anymore, really. Did you see that, Josh? It's like it's become so extreme that it's not even gay pride anymore, <laughs> just which is crazy. Um, Underneath the second mic cord, there's a little switch. Can you? On the right okay. Switch it. switch it where? Which one? No, the other one. Yeah. Yeah, just flick it to the other side. Can you? Is that working? Check. Is that working? No, I'm not sure what's going uh, Do I need to do something? Sorry, guys. We're back having of it? technical issues. No, I think, I think we're okay. You should be able to hear me. Someone uh, type in if you can hear Josh. Josh, say something. Hello? Can you hear Josh, guys? Oh, good. Okay, good. Thank you, Kante Kante. <laughs> Kante Kante. I don't know how to say that. Um, yes, yes, yes. Okay, good. So, Josh, what, uh, tell me, give me some of the questions because I, I can't read and chew, I can't walk and chew gum. Oh, by the way, I'm wearing this shirt that Josh. Did, he basically set up this whole thing on um, Spring. There's, I think there's a link below, right, Josh? Or there will be, but go yeah, ahead. There should be a link on the channel page that will take you to the merchandise store. Yeah, Josh set up set up this merch, which I think it was it was kind of fun. I kind of like it, and <clears throat> I have other things. There's a blue tee which is kind of fun. And there's a tote bag, 
which I actually really like. I like this tote bag. Uh, it's really sturdy and has a long strap, which is important. And the infamous coffee mug. Um, so that's kind of fun. Josh set it up and I saw it. I was like, wait, that looks cool. So anyway, if you if you want any merch, there's a link somewhere. Um, Josh, so what are some of the things today? Some of the questions. Somebody, uh, Alyssa said she's wearing the gray tee. Oh, Alyssa, she's wearing, oh, there's a gray t-shirt as well. Uh, I can't, is that all? There's gray, blue, and white. Is that it, Josh? Yeah. So thank you. Someone says you need to make a rainbow (laughs) version. A rainbow what? Version of the t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Reclaim the rainbow. Um, Why is this? Okay, there. Okay. That's better. So yeah, thank you, Alyssa, for getting wearing the gray tee. Um, that's fun. Do you have the coffee mug? Okay, so go ahead, Josh. Is there anything? All right, someone asked, uh, what is your opinion on Grace Community Church and John MacArthur? Oh, gosh. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> um, I might pass on that. Why would you get in trouble? Because he's a controversial, he's very controversial in a lot of ways. The one thing I will say about John MacArthur is he, um, I like that he just sticks, that he holds the word of God up so highly. And he, he believes in the authority, inerrancy, and sufficiency of scripture, which is becoming more and more rare these days for pastors or for churches. Um, and so the fact that he's been preaching for like 50 years and still is solid in terms of his biblical exposition is very refreshing. Um, you know, I don't know how, but that's, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. What else? Everybody wants to know what's your take on the Johnny Depp and trial. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. I actually haven't watched, I've watched very little of it, so I don't know a lot about it. Um, okay, I don't really know. I don't have an opinion either way. Who, you know what the, the real answer is? God is the only one who really knows what happened because it's he said, she said. So God is the only one who really knows the answer to what happened. So I'm going to leave it to him. But Josh, go ahead. All right, let's see. Can you speak into the mic a little more? Is that what they're saying? No. Okay. I just can see that you're not. Why does the LGBTQ community feel threatened by ex-gays? I think because that's from Amber Mensch. You're a Mensch. Uh, I think because it's, it's such anathema to leave that community and to not only leave the community, the gay, the gay community, I'm just going to call it the gay community, not only to leave that community, but to actually say that it's sinful is so shocking. And uh, it's heretical. It's like, it's like heresy to that community. So that's why um, it's very threatening to them because they don't want people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who've lived that life like I did for 20 years coming out and saying, actually that life is demonic and it's dark and terrible and sinful. And it's 
something that should be, um, as a Christian, we should understand as Christians that it is a sin, even though the culture tells us it's not. And even some churches say that it's not. We should, as believers, we need to hold fast to our convictions on this issue. I, I mean, I, it's all I talk about uh, when I go speak is, is how the culture is going to lie to you for the rest of your life. And you have to be, either believe in the culture or the word of God. Those are the two options. So believe the lies or the truth. Go ahead, Josh. We have a super chat from Tori. I believe it's five euros. Oh, five euros. The question is, would you consider starting a book club, for example, on Facebook about a book you've recommended in the show? Um, not really, but although I, I did read, I just read the war on the West by Douglas Murray. He wrote the madness of crowds. Um, if you don't know Douglas Murray, you should read his books. His he's brilliant. He went to Oxford. He, um, he wrote the madness of crowds a few years ago. And um, that book is really, and, and Douglas Murray is he, I, he's gay. He says he's gay and he uh, is an eighth is not a believer. He's not a Christian, but um, his books are really super smart and super insightful. And he's, he's very conservative in his views. Um, and anyway, his most recent book, which just came out the war on the West is, is really amazing and shocking. And it's all about how the culture is uh, in the West, the culture is um, imploding basically. And, and that there's, there's a concerted effort to destroy Western civilization um, in all forms in, in the academy and art and music. And, and even in the book, he talks about how the, like in Mozart, uh, like the harpsichord in Mozart's music, I, I believe it's Mozart. He was talking about the harpsichord is considered white supremacist. <laughs> like that's how far, that's how insane our culture has become that a harpsichord is racist. So uh, anyway, I really recommend that book. And Obviously, Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier, I just read too. And that's about uh, trans, that's about the trans phenomenon, uh, especially young among young girls in high school and how it's become this crazy contagion, social contagion. And I actually just read Christianity and Liberalism by Jay Gresham, Gre- Jay Gresham Machen. So hard to say his name. And uh, he says that that book it was written in 1923 and it's very um it's very appropriate apropos to what's happening today um he, and he says i'll find let me find my tweet about this uh josh is doing some electrical stuff uh he says let me find it I tweeted this like a week ago, I think. Uh, He says, and he's talking about liberalism in the church. And this is in 1923. He was a professor at Princeton University and um, I think at the seminary. And he said, there have been previous great crises in the history of the church. Crises almost comparable to this, meaning liberalism 
creeping into the church. And he says, one appeared in the second century when the very life of Christendom was threatened by the Gnostics. Another came in the Middle Ages when the gospel of God's grace seemed forgotten. In such times of crisis, God has always saved the church, but he has always saved it not by theological pacifists, but by sturdy contenders for the truth. So I really like that because we need sturdy contenders for the truth in the church. Josh? Yes, a uh, user with the name RDGWD237 asked if a change of affection is available on audiobook. Oh, a change of affection. Uh, yes, it is on audiobook. Um, and it's it's a very fast people who've read this you know this it's a very fast read and it's uh it's a very fun read too <laughs> i have to say it's a fun read i think that's what i've heard but yeah it's on audio Um, Chrissy asks, thoughts on well-known pastors or prominent people leaving their ministries and turning to lifestyles that they have always taught against? Well, I mean, the Bible is clear on that, that many people will fall away. Um, Jesus, in the parable of the sower, he talks about, basically in the parable of the sower, one, my, one of my pastors said this to me a long time ago, and I was like, oh my gosh. No, I'm sorry, I just drank a Perrier and I'm um, <clears throat> the clam. But basically, the parable of the sower, one in four make it. One in four people make it to the end. And that's why it's so important to be on guard and to put on the spiritual your spiritual armor, as Ephesians Paul talks about in Ephesians 6, because we're not dealing with flesh and blood. We're we're dealing with the spiritual, in fact, I'm just going to read that right now. Ephesians 6. Um, because the world and the, and the devil are so powerful and they're just picking, you know, the, the enemy is picking people off right and left, especially now in our culture. And he's using the, this issue of LGBTQ to drag as many people away from the kingdom as he can. And Paul says, we, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, demons, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And, he, and then he goes on to say, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. So Paul says, basically stand, you have to put on the armor of God to stand firm, especially now in our culture when everything is literally upside down. Like every, it's like the sky is not blue anymore. So in our culture, we have to put on, we have to put on the armor all the more. Um, And, and so, yeah, it's not, surprising to me because again i talk about this all the time on the show the the culture is so powerful and uh and it's it's shaping the way we think the way we believe what we believe um 
Carl Truman talks about this in his book, the, the rise and triumph of the modern self. And I think there's a shorter version of that book called strange new world. But um, anyway, he talks about that, how um, even just by osmosis, we're just taking in these ideas from the culture and we're not even aware of it. Taking in ideas from 18th century philosophers like Rousseau and, and 19th century psychoanalysts like Freud and Marx and Nietzsche and all these guys, we're, we're, we're taking all this in and we don't, we're not even aware of it. Kids are taking it in and they're not even teenagers and, and, and junior high kids are taking in these philosophies and they don't really even know where they're, why or how they're, they're, they're not even aware of it. And um, it's in, it's embedded basically in every TV show, every movie, Tumblr, every social media thing. Like it's all, all of this kind of, these philosophies are embedded in media. And that's why this is so important. The word of God, because we have to, this is the sword of the sword of the spirit. So we have to use this. We have to wield this thing to fight off the lies. Josh is there. Oh, there's a super chat. Josh, what is a super chat? Okay, super chat is a way you can support the show. It's a small donation, but also on our end. So, for instance, Ham asks, uh, "Hindsight, you think love you felt for your boyfriends was real, but on our side, it shows up like big, bold, and blue." So, those are the questions we're going to see before anybody yeah. else. So that's a good question, Ham. Um, wasn't Ham Noah's one of Noah's sons? Yeah, that's a crazy name, um, Ham. <laughs> so Ham says, uh, in hindsight, do you think the love you felt for your boyfriends was real? No. The reason I say that 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 wasn't real love um, because. And I'll actually get to that in a second, but um, 1 Corinthians 13, I think, where Paul defines love. But that, that, that quote-unquote love for my boyfriends, it always was a neurotic love, uh, if I can use that term. Or, or it always lived in this kind of weird neurotic space. It wasn't real love. It wasn't genuine love. It was... Um, it was a distortion of love. It was a it was a total distortion of sexuality and love, because and Paul says, Paul defines love in First uh, Corinthians thirteen. He says, "Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful." And this is the key: it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. So in gay relationships, you're rejoicing at wrongdoing when you're in love, quote unquote. And so, uh, no, the answer is that wasn't real love. It was like a it was like a weird, distorted version of it. OK, Nick Martinez has a twenty dollar super chat and he asks, oh, Nick. are your celebrity friends contacting you with questions? Are there more closet conservative celebrities? Have you always had that terrific laugh? <laughs> Thank you, Nick Martinez. Yes, I've always had this laugh. I think it's the same laugh I've had even before I was a Christian. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, I've actually had a lot of people reach out to me in Hollywood. Not a lot, but I've had a handful of people who are famous-ish or famous actors and actresses or people in the business who are very curious about my faith, about Jesus, about the gospel. And um, so I've been, you know, witnessing to them. And uh, I think there's a lot, there's a lot more people in Hollywood who are interested in the in Jesus and the gospel and the truth than would let on, than we would know about. Because uh, obviously it kills your career if you, if you love Jesus, Hollywood doesn't love you. Okay, I've got a super chat from Costa Rica. Mm. 2,500 colones, and I was just there. You were in Costa Rica. How many weeks ago? Three weeks ago now? There's a strange one in the jungle. I was in Haco Beach, Gustavo. But what he, were you doing there? Can you say? Yeah. I was, you have a friend there. I have a friend there, and I was working on his family's water buffalo farm. Nice. Uh, but Gustavo asks, could you explain Freud's understanding of human sexuality and the way it differs from that of the gospel? Oh, gosh. That's like a whole episode. Uh, I'll try to just briefly... Which you, you have done episodes on. <clears throat> I've done episodes uh, kind of generally about this, but but I'll just very, very simply... Freud is the is really kind of the the one who made homosexual behavior into an identity. He, he was the progenitor to it becoming an identity because, or because he really drove home the idea that, and I studied Freud in in Vienna when I I went to school in Vienna, my junior, junior year abroad. And my, I had, I had, my professor was a very devout, strict Freudian, Dr. Leitlechner. She was, uh, she was very Freudian. And, um, so basically he he says at the core of human the core of human beings is sexual we, at our core we are sexual beings so he really pushed that idea with the, all the stages of um, uh, the the oral stage of a child to the, the I won't I won't go through the stages because they're gross but um, anyway so Freud pushed this idea, Freud had a, a complete misunderstanding of anthropology because he didn't know God. And if you don't know God, you don't understand anthrop- You don't understand man. You can't understand human beings. Um, and so uh, he's, it's different from the gospel in that, what was the question? The, 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 um, I forgot what, wait, what was that? How does Freud's understanding of human sexuality differ from the gospel? Yeah. <laughs> it's diametrically opposed because um, the gospel sexuality is obviously God created one man and one woman to be, God created sex, sex is good, but it's to be expressed within the covenant of marriage between one man and one woman for life. And Freud was all about, Freud was all about, we need to express our sexuality. And when we, we repress our sexuality, we're doing damage to our psyche, to ourselves. And so it's the opposite of, of the gospel. Uh, so anyway, go ahead, Josh. Thank you. Han- Who was that, Pam? No. No, that was somebody else. That from was Costa Rica. Gustavo. Gustavo, thank you. 
Marilyn asks, with your busy schedule, how have you find time for prayer and Bible reading? How do you administer your time to speak to Jesus even when you are busy? Very good question. What what was the name? Marilyn. Thank you, Marilyn. Um, I, I do. I actually do everything at night. Mostly I read a little bit of the word of God in the morning, but I'm a night person. So I spend a lot of time at night um, or during the day, even when I'm doing dishes like today, I just listen to audio Bible. First Corinthians, I just listen to the whole thing. Um, but at night, I typically I'm on this Alistair Begg binge right now. And um, Alistair Begg is a pastor and he's Scottish, but he he's a pastor in Cleveland, Ohio. Highly recommend him. His sermons are very solid. They're so just, um, they're so great in every way, biblically, just the way, just his illustrations are amazing. Anyway, I've been, so every night before I go to bed, I watch a couple of Alistair Begg sermons um, and I spend time in prayer. I kind of pray throughout the day, but then at night before I go to bed, I, I spend time in prayer. So yeah, even when my schedule is busy, I mean, who I forgot who said this, but it was Spurgeon or somebody who said when my or Luther, I think Martin Luther, he said when I, you know, my when I'm super busy, it's all the more reason to pray even more. I forgot, I don't, I'm messing up the quote, but it's basically you need to pray more the busier you are. But go ahead. Okay, this question is from <clears throat> Taki Taki Avenue, and Konnichiwa. He asks. What do I do if I'm starting to grow in faith in Christ? I'm also a comedic entertainer, dancer, and departing from the gay lifestyle, but don't know whether to carry on my comedy and dance. Uh, well, that's hard to know without knowing what your dance and comedy are without without seeing it. Um, I don't know. If you feel like it's, it's, it's interfering with your walk with the Lord... I would pray about that. Um, and, you know, I obviously being a part of a local church is super important. Even if you don't want to go, it's really important. Um, so much goes on at a local church and you're, you know, you're with the body of Christ. That's how we are meant to be in Hebrews. It says, do not forsake the assembling together of the saints. Like we are supposed to gather together. Um if not weekly, bi-weekly or tri-weekly or quadweekly. But uh, so it's so important to be part of the local church and because that's where you grow and that's where you're sharpened by other believers. That's where you, um, people can pray for you. You can pray for others. You can, that's, you know, we all have spiritual gifts. We all have giftings that Jesus gave, that we, the Holy, we have Gift, when Jesus ascended to heaven, he gave gifts to men. He gave us gifts, which is the reverse of what you would expect, because normally we give gifts to kings, but he gave gifts to us. And there's, I think, 19 spiritual gifts in the New Testament, and each believer has two to three gifts. So that's part of the being in the, the local body of Christ is people is learning what your giftings are, because people will tell you. Like the more you're there, people will be like, hey, you're really good at, you know, X, Y, or Z. And hey, you should. And so it, that's really important to be a part of the body of Christ. It's important to be in prayer, important to be in the word of God. Um, all the spiritual disciplines, um, prayer, fasting, uh, 
and all and uh, the others, all the others. And so that's so important for to thrive as a Christian. And if we if we start to kind of uh, let things go and sort of like abandon those things, then I mean, show me a Christian. Basically, show me a Christian who's not a part of, the, of a local church, and I'll show you. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, it's always a danger. It's always a hazard because you're you're slowly going to start drifting and drifting and drifting away. Because even at, it's funny because like for since I've been saved 12, 13 years almost, every time I'm at church and I hear a sermon, it's just like wow, oh, like wow, I feel this conviction and this. It's, it's such a great reminder of the gospel and the truth. And it's like, wow, I needed to hear that. I needed to be with the, the body of Christ. Anyway, I'm going on way too long about this. By the way, because your name reminded me of Japan, my book just got translated into Japanese, which is amazing. Uh, it's not ready for publication yet. I, they still, they're still designing the cover. So now my book is translated into Japanese and Bulgarian. I'm hoping to do it, get it in Spanish soon, but it's up to my publisher, uh, Thomas Nelson. So if you guys want it in Spanish, uh, email Thomas Nelson at HarperCollins and uh, and just say, please translate Beckett's book into Spanish. So, and I think they, they will. Okay, Mary Quinn just sent 20 bucks. Thank you, Mary Quinn. And Daniel... Asks, what is your favorite book in the New Testament and why? Well, that's a that's an easy one, Daniel. It's Romans because that's not only is it an amazing epistle, uh, it's so ri- dense and rich and incredibly beautiful. But it's also the the book that I got saved in. So I got saved when a sermon was preached on Romans chapter seven. So Romans, I would say Romans is my favorite. Tori asks, are you connected to the Hollywood prayer network? And do you pray for specific people, celebrities in Hollywood? Yes, I am connected to them, to the Hollywood prayer network. Uh, But yes, I do pray for, I don't, I don't make a distinction between praying for celebrities and praying for just people. Like I, there shouldn't be that distinction really. Um, I don't think so. I, I pray for people and some of the people I pray for are celebrities because they're just old friends of mine, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't focus on kind of this category of celebrity to pray for. I just pray for, for people in general. Alyssa pray for Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, by the way, wouldn't it be amazing if they got saved, Josh? that'd be so cool you can see the weight you can just see the weight of just like the when jesus says come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest like i I wish they would heed that call because he they're they just look so obviously they're in in a trial but they just look so downtrodden go ahead Alyssa asks, we know how God changed your life, but how else has God changed your pers- you personally, personality-wise? Cannot guess, imagine how you acted before Christ, 
And how do you get more handsome every week? Oh my god. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um I don't have an answer to um Wait, what was that? I lost my thought because of that last part. How what was the first part? Before you were saved. I mean, I still have the same personality. That's the thing. Is God I was the same I had the same personality before I was a Christian. The same sense of humor. But it's just been redeemed. And uh but I haven't like really changed my my personality hasn't really changed. Um obviously my entire worldview has changed and my entire belief system has changed. And um, I used to be pro-choice and obviously now I'm pro-life very much so um, to say the least. And I used to be pro-gay and now I believe that homosexual behavior is a sin and et cetera, et cetera. Like there's a lot of other things, but once I understood, as I've said this before, after I got saved, like a week after I got saved, I understood the, the Imago Dei, the image of God, that humans are created in the image of God. And that changed everything. I, I understood the fall. Once I understood the fall and the image of God, it just completely changed. It blew me away. I was like, whoa, now I understand why the world is the way it is. Because before I had a Rousseauian view of the world. and uh, But now I understand. I have a biblical view of the world and mankind. Okay, Mary Quinn asks, Hi, Beckett, did you know about regeneration before it happened to you? Will you please be specific about your experience when the Holy Spirit entered your heart? No, I did not. I was not aware of what that, I I had no idea that that term existed, regeneration, or I didn't know what that meant when I got saved. But um, that's what happened when I, my first time at an evangelical church, I was regenerated. I was born again. And um, whether you're, if the reform camp says regeneration precedes faith and the Arminian camp, I think says, would say that um, uh, faith precedes regeneration um, for, in my experience and biblically, I, I don't want to get into too much of this, but uh regeneration preceded my faith. There was no way for me to have faith without regeneration. Like I, I would just be guessing. I would just be just making a leap in the dark, which is not, that's not faith. Faith is something that it's a gift from God. Um, so yes, <clears throat> Josh is taking a water break. <laughs> Sorry. Katie asks, Hi, Beckett. Thank you for your ministry. Do you have any dreams from God? And if so, can you share one? Hmm. Do I have any dreams from God? Or maybe, like, have you ever had one or something like that? Not really. Uh, I've had, like, waking things from God, but not in my dreams. Um, I, let me think. I don't remember. No, I don't. Think I've had any dreams from God, but um, but I definitely have had waking things where like I sense His presence, and I've had intense encounter, like just intense things happen uh, with God in my waking life, but not in my dream life. All right, Corrine Peterson says or asks thoughts on watching films 
with LGBTQ characters, themes that have a larger message about humanity and suffering, i.e. Philadelphia? No. <laughs> Don't watch those. <laughs> Don't watch those because, that's, see, that's, that's how, uh, excuse me, that's how, I always say the storytelling is so is the most persuasive tool, and um, that's why Hollywood is so good at persuading an entire world, really, that homosexual behavior is righteous and good and even holy uh, in marriage, quote unquote. And so, um, so yeah, I, I would avoid those movies because they're very, very persuasive. And, and even if you're, even if you have strong faith and even if you have strong convictions, they can chip away at your convictions. If you keep watching Brokeback Mountain and uh, Philadelphia with Tom Hanks, um, which I saw when it came out in the theater back in the day. Um, cause it's very, they, that's the whole, the whole thing is the whole kind of ploy is to pull at your heartstrings to make you sympathetic. And it's good to be sympathetic towards other human beings. I mean, we we're, we're commanded to love our neighbor and that's very good. We should do that and we should love our neighbor. But again, I talk about this all the time. Loving your neighbor also means telling your neighbor the truth because, if I really love my neighbor, I don't want them to spend eternity in hell. Like that's kind of a long time and it's kind of crazy to do. So if I love my neighbor, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to be like, wait a minute, danger, danger. Like you're going to, you're about to drive off of a cliff. And so telling your neighbor the truth is, is loving them, but doing, you have to do it in balance. You can't be unbalanced imbalanced by that with that yeah. tiffany mac asks would you consider having a side b christian on the show like david bennett would love to hear more and learn more also how can we pray for you thank you that was tiffany yeah thank you tiffany um <clears throat> i don't know i would i don't think i would ever i don't think i would have a side b christian if you guys don't know what side b christianity is um there's a link. I did a video on it with uh, Rosario Butterfield and Christopher Yuan. We did like a two hour video on what side B Christianity is. It's basically, I'll just boil it down. Side B Christianity is part of it is people who leave, who get become Christians and leave the homosexual life, but still identify as gay, still hang on to that identity um, and, and a lot of different, and, and it manifests itself in different ways. Um, there's even commitment ceremonies between two guys who are quote celibate and like there's, there's like a spiritual friendship. Uh, but so it's, it's very damaging. We'll actually put a link uh, yesterday, uh, Rosarius or somebody sent me a, a, a link to an article written by Al, Albert Muller and, on this issue on side B and uh, I will put that link. Will you remind me, Josh? We'll put that link below. It's a really, really good article. And he explains all the facets and all the um, dangers of side B Christianity, which is, it's very dangerous. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't have someone on the show because I don't, 
because I feel like those kind of intramural sort of debates or those kind of debates are, are, um, they're not healthy for the church because it, it gives this kind of idea to the church or to, or to people that, oh, there's two options and I just have to choose which option I like better. And it's like, no, there's actually the truth and there's falsehood. So um, anyway, sorry, I, I, I don't mean to be so blunt about that, but I just, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Okay, uh, Angela Sitzman's coming in out with the rapture question. <laughs> Hello, Beckett. I was wondering your thoughts on the tribulation, specifically on the rapture. Do you believe that Christians will be raptured before it happens, or will they be living through it? The answer is no. Um, no, I um, I don't know. My eschatology changes daily. Uh, in seminary, when I was in seminary, I had, I believed in the rapture. I was pre-millennial. Uh, pre-trib rapture. And then, but now I'm, I lean more, I lean t- more towards uh, millennialism and no rapture. And so um, uh, I know that's controversial. The, the bottom line is nobody really knows the answer to that. Um, Cause we've debated this thing for many, 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 many years. So anyway, that's all I can say about the rapture. All right, DFC Props says, Hi, Beckett, not a question, but just wanted to say I really appreciate the videos and the gospel-centered focus of your channel. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank you, DFC Props. Props. I appreciate it. We'd love to see some props. Okay, and Daniel asks, What is the purpose of biblical fasting, and how do you do it properly? I'm not sure I fully understand it. Thank you. Um, the purpose really, Jesus fasted in the wilderness for 40 days and then he was tempted by Satan. Uh, the purpose of fasting is to, to turn your attention and focus on the Lord and, and to basically deprive yourself I mean, I, I don't know if I'm articulating this well because I haven't thought this through. I mean, I haven't thought this through recently, so it's all I'm trying to think of this uh, off my off the cuff. But um, basically, it gives you. It takes away. It's almost like a. You're depriving yourself of of food in order to put all of your focus and realize your total dependence on the Lord. And um, I think fasting is very important. I wish I did it more. <laughs> Josh, do you fast? Um, I wish I did it more, but I, it's, it's very hard for me to fast, but I do, I do try to fast and, um, and it's, it's very healthy uh, and spiritually because you're, you're really, spending that time focusing on the Lord and your dependence on him. Um, I, I could give a better answer, but I need, I would need to think it through more. Maybe we'll do a video. On- yeah. Maybe we'll, I'll do a, a video on fasting. Uh, let's see. Questions. Marcus Aurelius asked, 
Marcus uh, Aurelius is still alive? Yeah, he's in the chat. <clears throat> nice. Yes, what do you think about people in uh, polygamous relationships and marriages, like, for example, Muslims, Mormons, or atheists? I know it works for some, and for others it does not. No, polygamy... Um, polygamy was... It, obviously, it existed in the Old Testament, but as Robert Gagnon would say, Jesus closed that loop in math in the gospel of Matthew, when Jesus talks about, he reiterates the creation ordinance and he says, marriage is between one man and one woman. And so uh, polygamy is outside of that and outside of God's will. So no, no bueno on polygamy. We need more thumbs ups. Or polygyny as it's as the proper term. More th- what? We need more what? We need more th- thumbs ups. What does that mean? You know, when you like the video? Yeah. We only have 129, <laughs> and there's 348 people here. Oh, you got a thumbs up, guys, I guess. What does that do? It makes it so more, oh, look, they're doing it, yes. Talk about sub- subscribing, Josh. What does that do? Because that does something to the algorithm, Okay, right? yeah. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Essentially, the more people that subscribe the more the videos will be recommended to people. So let's say, for example, this is Pride Month now. So maybe somebody's typing in biblical homosexuality or something. Because we have, you know, 53,000 subscribers, we're more likely to be getting the videos and the content in front of that person than, say, if we had no subscribers. So... The more subscribers that we gain, the more the videos will be suggested to other people and the ministry will be spread to people that maybe aren't looking for exactly the topics. But, yeah, you know, somebody who has questions, the video may pop up because of the tags and the topics and what they're searching. So basically, the more subscribers that we have, the better chance the ministry has of growing and then liking more people videos. seeing it, the videos. Right. And liking, liking a video just tells the algorithm that people are enjoying the content. Okay. That's good to know. Oh, planet Molly. Thank you. That's crazy. Right. Josh, do you see that? Yeah, that is very generous. That's very generous, Planet Molly. Thank you for the, the um, what is that? A super chat? Mm-hmm. Thank you for the super chat. <laughs> That's so sweet. There have been a few people that have asked um, just how you're doing in general lately, like what you've been up to. Um, I'm doing fine. I It's been a busy time. I've been traveling a ton, a ton, a ton. Um, I finally have a break, a little bit of a break now, uh, which is nice. I'm doing some traveling, but it's more kind of local within California. So I can drive instead of get on an airplane. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm speaking in Valencia, California, Coachella, California, some other places in California, which I can drive to, which is always a delight. Uh, but I'm doing well. It's I, I just it's been a really busy, especially with the stand to reason stuff and and all the other uh, speaking engagements. It's been really busy, but 
I finally have some time, downtime a little bit, but I wasn't going to say this, but I'm, I'm working on a new book. Um, <laughs> I know. And it's different. Anyway, I can't talk. I can't really talk about the content of what the book is, but just know that I'm working on a new book and I, I plan to try and finish it by the end of the summer uh, or try at least finish the first draft by the end of the summer. And, uh, but I'll keep you guys posted on that. It's a, uh, it's a book that God just kind of plopped in my lap. It was kind of amazing. It was Eureka in the bathtub. If you guys know that story, Eureka in the bathtub, Archimedes, uh, the ancient, was he ancient Greek philosopher or Roman? No, I think, was he Greek or Roman? Anyway, Josh, can you Google Archimedes, Archimedes, Archimedes? Anyway, he was in the bathtub and he had this like Eureka moment. Um, and huh? He's Greek. Yeah. What century? Third century BC? Fourth century? Third. Third century. Okay. And yeah, I had that moment of God. I was in the bathtub literally. And I had this moment where God was like, and I was like, whoa, like that's a crazy idea for a book. And um, anyway, I can't talk about what the content is, but I'm excited to write it. Monica sent a super chat with no question. Um, thank you, Monica. Thank you. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, Flurry98 asks. Um, Someone says, Who is Josh? Josh is my producer. Dude. He's not camera ready. He's not camera ready right now. <clears throat> Where was that question? Um, somebody was asking how honest should they be about their struggle with homosexuality in their art. In their heart? In their art. Oh, in their art. Like if they're struggling with it. Should they express that in their art? Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't do, I don't know. I, that my first response is not to do that. I would express it to trusted people in your church or pastor or friend or trusted Christian friends. I would express it that way. I, I don't know if I would express it in your art. Um, I don't think that's the healthiest way to, to, to deal with that. I think it's best to, again, to be in the local church and, and do it with people that you trust in your church. Josh, why are you laughing? <laughs> Somebody just said, uh, give us a smile to me. To you, to Josh. Yeah. Can I show, can I turn the camera on you? <laughs> no. Are you sure? I'll just, I'll just come in front of the camera. For a okay. <laughs> So here is Josh. Oh, he, uh, there he is. He's wearing a baseball cap. What does it say on there? LA. Anyway, but uh, yeah, Josh and I have known each other for what ten years now. Eleven. Eleven years. Josh and I have worked together on many different projects before. We were in India together on this weird thing uh, in Mumbai. 
we he used to be my assistant uh, when I was a production designer a long time ago, and um, we worked on when I had a fashion brand. Josh worked on that as well, and now he's with me on the show. Uh, so we have a long history, and um, yeah. Somebody asks, uh, what do you think of the Chosen TV series? I love The Chosen. I think it's very well done, very well scripted, directed, acted. Uh, I don't know if there's a new season out or not, but it's good. I think it's on Amazon. It is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. Let's see. Um, how would you handle older gay neighbors in their 50s or 60s? How to start witnessing or what would you do? Um, it's kind of the same as how you how would you witness to any person really is the question. Um, I think just as Rosaria Butterfield would say, just like hospitality is really important. Open up a conversation with that person. Um, Annie Ng just texted me. Um, hi, Annie Ng. But uh yeah, I would just, I mean, like, for example, uh, there's a juice place right near me that I go to often. And um, I just opened, you know, I opened a conversation with one of the main, the manager of the place. And she's been there. She's like an ex-hippie from the 60s uh, and 70s. And um, she's culturally Jewish and I just opened up a conversation with her and we just started, we've developed a relationship and I, you know, I just tell, I talk about God all the time with her and um, I gave her my book. She read my book, which was crazy. And I gave her a Bible. And the other day it was funny. I was there at, at this place and, uh, and she said, somehow, Somehow, like, I don't know. I, I brought up the new heavens and new earth. I, and I, I, told, I told her, I was like, Donna, this whole, this whole world is going to burn up. Like, it's going to be destroyed. And there's a new heavens and new earth. And, and she, she looked at me. It was, it was the sweetest thing. She looked at me and said, am I going to be there in the new heavens and new earth? And I said, well, if you put your faith in Christ, then you will be there. If you try, if you're united to Christ and you, if you put your faith in him, uh, then you will be in the new heavens and new earth. And she kind of had this like shocked look on her face. And so uh, anyway, I would just open conversations in any way you can about the gospel, about Jesus. Even one of the best, I, I find for me, one of the best ways is just to tell my story to people. Because people ask me questions or they'll be like, oh, how was your weekend? And I mean, that's just like an open door right there. It's like, oh, well, I was at church on Sunday and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and then that opens the conversation and I, I get to tell them my story. And sometimes they're stunned. Sometimes they're not or sometimes they're they're um, repelled by it. Sometimes they're very kind of sweet about it. And uh so yeah, I, I would just there's a lot of ways to do that, but I would pray. I would also pray too, because God, oh, God will give you wisdom in those moments, and I would pray 
for God to lead you, for the Holy Spirit to lead you in those moments when you're witnessing to people and not try to do it in your flesh. Uh, Victoria Jackson asked if she can come visit next week. <laughs> Victoria! Victoria Jackson, of course you can come visit. Are you in town? Next Are you going to be in L.A.? You can wait for her to respond. Okay, look. Um, yeah, Victoria, if you're in town next week, we have to do another episode together. Come stop by. I would love to see you. Speaking of, um, the podcast has been doing really well. Is your microphone on? Yeah, okay. I, I don't know. It doesn't sound great. I apologize, everyone. Um, <laughs> But the podcast is doing really well. This work has been awesome. If you want to tell people, you can find it anywhere. Oh, the what did you say? Is, what is awesome? The, the podcast. I know, but you said something else after that. The numbers. Oh, okay. Um, people are supporting it and oh, the it support. That's what I didn't understand. Yeah, the the show is also in podcast form on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple and. Uh, Google Podcasts and any podcast platform in the world, I think it's on basically. So you can listen to if you don't if you don't have time to or you don't want to sit down and watch if you're driving or if you're jogging or whatever, you can listen to the podcasts on uh, any of those platforms. Oh, Victoria just texted me. I'm in LA next week. Let's do another show. I have a new song. Okay, good. Let's do it. I can't wait. By the way, there's a video we did. A, if you want to see, there's a there's a video I did an interview with Victoria Jackson uh, a while ago, uh, several months ago. So you can watch that. It's really fun. Um, someone asked, do you walk around with Bibles? You seem to give away a lot of Bibles, which is awesome. <laughs> I don't walk around with them, but I do. Like, if I meet someone and talk to them, I immediately order a Bible and uh, and then give it to them after. So it's kind of a case-by-case basis. Um... My Christian friend has a daughter who wants to be called he, and she does. I'm assuming call him a he. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with doing that, so I just try to avoid it. Any advice? Yeah, I would avoid it <laughs> because because calling a girl he is um, it's just indulging in. A chaos, and it's indulging in chaos. It's indulging in um, in confusion, and we don't worship a god of confusion. And God made male and female. God made. I already talked about this in a episode, but God made humans binary, male and female. There's no such thing as non-binary. Um, that's an invention of postmodernism, and so. Yeah, I would not use, I would, I don't use preferred pronouns. Um, so I, I wouldn't do that. And I would never, ever, ever in a million years, like on my Instagram or anything, put my pronoun, even if my pronouns are he, him, I wouldn't even put that 
description because that is implying that you're affirming people deciding what their pronouns are. So I would completely avoid that at all costs. Kevin, asks, or Kevin F. asks, any advice you'd give to Christians experiencing loneliness and depression from walking through extended singleness? Um, who, who was that, Kevin? Oh, Kevin F. Thank you, Kevin. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's not easy to be single sometimes. Um, you know, Paul was single. Jesus was single. You're in good company. But and but I, and Paul says it's actually better to be single. And in, in Romans chapter, I'm sorry. First uh, Corinthians seven, he says it's better to be single because you can spend more time, basically focused on uh, ministry or the gospel, and um, and so uh, I don't know. I I just I think when we're lonely, it, that's the time we really need to lean into God and lean into prayer and lean into because the person who can satisfy that loneliness is Jesus. Like ultimately that's, that's the most satisfying. Uh, that's the most uh, you can be satisfied from loneliness is through Jesus. He says, you know, he, as he said to the woman at the well, I have living water and, um, and you'll never thirst again. So it's really like in those moments, I would really press into Jesus and press into prayer with him. Somebody asks, do you recommend Biola University? Are they holding the faith firmly enough? Josh went to Biola. But? Uh, um, did not finish. Josh didn't finish because of money. Yeah. Um, so... I, I mean, yeah, I think, I think as far as I know, Biola is still holding to the truth. And um, so, I mean, I know that there's a ton of pressure on Biola, especially being in California. There's a lot of pressure on Biola to, to conform to the culture in, in various ways, especially with the LGBTQ stuff. So um, I just... We just have to pray for Biola that they don't ever give in to that. Um, and so, yeah, but right now I think it's still solid. Josh, I mean, wh when you were there, it was, was it solid in terms of? Can I would, when I was there, my last year was 2011. So it was way before all of this crazy stuff happened. Yeah. And <clears throat> it was great. Yeah. So yeah, pray for Biola. Um, let's see here. Oh, someone says, Craig Brown, you say your thoughts on unquote unconditional love in the gospel. Yeah, um, that's kind of a, that's uh, Jesus, 
places conditions on Jesus says, if you want to be my follower, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross. You can't. So this kind of idea that um, there's this unconditional love, there are conditions placed on it. And I mean, the number one condition is that you have faith in Christ. Uh, That's a condition. And um, that you're willing to, to take up your cross and deny yourself. Prayer enthusiast asks uh, or says, "Go Beckett." This is Meredith in Atlanta. Hey, Meredith. Have you read Francis McNutt's book on homosexuality? No, I have not. Should I read that? Uh, by the way, I recommend for books on on this topic. There is a very short book by Kevin DeYoung called. Um, what does the Bible really say about homosexual practice, I think? Um, and then there's a very large book. It's, a, it's, a, it's an academic book. It's amazing by Robert Gagnon. And it's the Bible. It's called The Bible and Homosexual Practice. And if you really want to get deep into the Greek and the Hebrew, that's the book for you. But if you just want like a shorter, uh, succinct book, and a popular book, then I would read Kevin DeYoung's book on homosexual homosexuality. Uh, it's really good. But I'll check that out, uh, Meredith. Remind me to do that, Josh. Let's see. Thank you, Miss Mrs. Felicia. Hey, Brother Beckett, sending much love from Alabama. Bama. Josh, do you see anything? Oh, Robert Gagnon. Jennifer Wise. uh, It's Robert Gagnon, G-A-G-N-O-N. It's a very, very, very amazing book. I highly recommend it. Uh, I think probably 10 minutes left. So if okay. anybody has any last minute questions. Yeah. Uh, Mark Ham says, do you think everyone should be public with their same sex attraction story? No, um, I don't. I didn't really fully understand this until I did that episode with Rosaria Butterfield and Christopher Yuan. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I didn't really know this at the time, but I think, yeah, if you are struggling with same-sex attraction, only a few people in your inner circle, like at your church, should know. Um, uh, like your pastors or youth pastor or friend, you know, close friends in your church that whom you trust. Um, I wouldn't announce it to the world, which... I did years and years ago uh, without really knowing. But yeah. Let's see. Naomi Wolf would be a great guest, Beckett. Sherry Capito. I Capito. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, what else? Someone asked uh, best method to quit addiction to pornography? 
I don't know. Um, I don't really, I don't know what, and there's probably better, there's probably Christian um, counselors who who have better answers than I would have on that because I don't really know. I would say a good start maybe would be getting uh, accountability. Yeah, getting accountability on, on you know, I don't, there's, I think there's, what are those called? Those things that, that tell other people, your friends, if you're watching oh, it. Oh yeah, there's like apps. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would, I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that. Sorry. Uh, I, I think, yeah, Joe Dallas might be good on that. Somebody asked the uh, favorite place you've been recently, like to speak. Well, I just spoke in Tucson, Arizona, which was really nice. Um, I had such a great time there. Uh, and I'm trying to think, in the fall, I'm speaking at a bunch of places around the country. Um, I might start a calendar on my website. I used to have a calendar of my speaking events. And I stopped posting it because I, I was kind of afraid of like people coming to assassinate me. <laughs> but I might put that calendar back up just so people will know where I'm speaking when I have to remind myself to do that. Have you read any G.K. Chesterton? Uh, I think I read Orthodoxy, which is, yeah, I read Orthodoxy. I would, I would read, that's, I highly recommend that book. Uh, so that's the only G.K. Chesterton I've read. I'm reading Pilgrim's Progress. That's very good. Oh, good. Where are you in Pilgrim's Progress? Uh, what pro- what's your progress? He just left Vanity Fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, guys, if you haven't read Pilgrim's Progress, I don't, I, I don't have time to talk to you. <laughs> I don't even know where you've been. Pilgrim's Progress is so good. It was written by John Bunyan. I believe he was in prison for 12 years, and he wrote it in like the 1500s, I believe. And um, it is so brilliant. It's an allegory. Uh, and I can't recommend it. It's apparently Pilgrim's Progress is like the most sold book in English next to the Bible. So it is, it's so good. Please pick up Pilgrim's Progress and read it. It'll, it'll encourage you. It'll strengthen your faith. It'll remind you of all the pitfalls and all the the traps and all the stuff that on, cause, cause, the main character Christian is on his way to the celestial city, which is heaven. And it's all kind of all the, the drama that goes on from the beginning to the, to his, uh, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil the end, but it's all the drama and all the traps and all the snares. Um, but it's so brilliant. I, I think I've read it twice now. It's great. Do you have any others that like, would be on your like have to read list? Uh, have to read list. Oh my gosh. There's a lot. 
Um, oh my gosh. Besides the Bible. <laughs> Besides the Bible. Uh, I can't think of right off the top of my head. I would have to look at my, I would have to look at my bookcase for a while to, to pick those out. Um, okay. So Josh, where are we? One more question. Yeah. We got like five minutes left. Okay. We need a really good question. A really good one. Um, Wait, there was an announcement I had too, and I can't remember what it was. Is there anything else that we haven't announced? That, um, thank you guys for subscribing. I mean, it's crazy that we started this channel a year and a half ago. Was it a year and a half ago? Yeah. Or almost two years now, kind two of. Two years in November. Two years in November. And Thank you guys for subscribing and watching. And um, it's just really cool to see the responses and your comments and how, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy that this show even started because I had no intention of starting a YouTube channel. And um, I just kept hearing it from people that I should start one. And then um, thank you guys for, for subscribing. And I, it just, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy ride. It's been really wild and great. Carol says, can we have more live streams, please? Yes, Carol, we can. Uh, how often do we do? Should we do like one every couple months or something? The last one we did was January, so that was four months ago. Oh, wow. So maybe like every two to three months we'll do a live stream. I don't know. What do you guys think? Should we do more live streams or do you just, do you guys like? Or do you, I try, what is it? What is, I don't understand DD Vina's thing. Um, keep it up. Thank you, crickety clack, clickety clack. Thank you, clickety clack. Um, Beckett, keep fighting the good fight of the faith. We applaud you for keep fighting the good fight. Thank you, Jean Sonnen. Sonnen. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, Josh, is there anything else that you have to announce? Any new developments in anything? Share the videos. That helps a lot like the videos if you're not subscribed subscribe turn on the bell so you know when the videos come out turn on the bells and uh thanks for the support yeah thank you guys for watching today um next week i think i'm gonna do thank you nancy lucas next week i think i'm gonna do a video on trans regret there's been a lot in the news about people regretting, young, especially young girls and boys, regretting becoming trans. So I'm going to do a video on that for next week. And uh, so in Gay Pride Month, quote unquote, Gay Pride, uh, well, I'm going to focus mostly on, on those issues. So thank you guys for watching. Josh, 
Should we sign off? All right, guys, have a great Memorial Day weekend. This is a long weekend, right? And uh, thank you so much for joining. See you next time on the Beckett Cook Show. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of the Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose have you ever found yourself on the ledge my name is billy yates i'm a caring father mentor and friend in my new podcast billy and the goat i share the life-changing events that shaped who i am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen god can help you get up and thrive listen now at lifeaudio.com